You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Jay Mamie. You can find him at thejmamie.com, thejmamie.com. And Jay is a CEO. He's an entrepreneur, a maverick. He's noted, uh, nine-time author. Uh, he's a national speaker. He's a sales psychology expert. He's a radio talk show host uh, in Dallas, Texas, USA. Um, so this guy, he's been in the you know behind the mics. He's done the interviews. He's been on the stages. And he's got a lot of success under his belt. He's got the pats on the back. He's received the accolades. But just like you, Startup Nation, he's wrestled with invisible enemies. He's battled them his whole life. It's that inner chatter, that inner self-talk, all the lies in your head that tell you you're not good enough. You're not going to amount to anything. Remember what your dad told you when you were little? Nothing you have to say. No, nobody wants to hear what you have to say, right? Your life doesn't matter. Stay small. God doesn't want you to be rich. God wants you to be broke and poor, right? That's how you become holy, right? Just all these lies and mistruths. They're like 90% true sometimes. And then the little twist that makes it a lie. Right. So they're very, very deceiving. So we're going to talk about those invisible enemies, how to battle them. Um, what did Jay do in his life to win some of those battles within his own brain? OK, and I really want to serve you, Startup Nation, so that you can win the next battle in your head, because the next battle in your head that you win will advance you in your life. It will advance you in your marriage. It will advance you in your parenting. It will grow your business. It will grow your personal confidence. It will grow your relationship with God. You got to win the battle in the head first before you win the battle in the world. Does that make sense, Startup Nation? All right, Jay, welcome to the show. Take a minute, fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Joe, first of all, I appreciate you having me on your program here. It's a fantastic podcast. Uh, having had a chance to hear a number of your episodes, this really is 
a value packed program. And I, I know that your leaders, your readers are, uh, your listeners rather are incredibly appreciative of it. And, you know, as you and I were chatting earlier, I think this is just a scratch of some major advancements that are going to continue to happen in your life and in your podcasts uh, as well and, and effectively reach millions of people over the next decade and lives are going to be changed, which is why I'm on here, brother. So I appreciate you. You know, I, I think what you said there about me is, is spot on with regards to uh, the struggle that still happens um, in my life, because uh, I, I think as long as we're still breathing, you're always going to have a challenge somewhere. You're always going to have a, a battle. In fact, <clears throat> I think most people, at least those that I, that I speak to often, uh, those that are highly successful and those that are climbing their way to success, all uh, agree and, and confirm that the battle begins the minute their, their feet hit the floor after waking up, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're not careful, you start swinging already. You're just, you no, know, you're you're not three, uh, three to five seconds of, of being awake. And as soon as your feet hit the ground off that bed after you've, uh, you've slept that night, it just seems like you're in the battle already. And if you don't know how to manage those thoughts and those emotions and that inner chatter, as you spoke of earlier, uh, you could be heading downward immediately and you just woke up. <laughs> mm. And it's very difficult to have success to any extent or, or to promote progress if you're dealing with uh, what I call invisible enemies. Um, and that has to be handled if success is truly what you uh, endeavor to achieve at some point in life, regardless of his business or not. I agree with you completely. I remember uh, one of my uh, coaching clients, I do elite men's coaching, and one of my clients had come to me, and he was crushing it in business, doing upper six figures, um, and he revealed the secret to me. I'm like, hey, what do you want coaching on? And he goes, dude, I wake up every single morning, and for the first five minutes of my day, I lay in bed, and I beat the crap out of myself verbally. I just verbally mm. accost myself. Mm. And I just speak these lies into my life. And I don't know mm -hmm. why. It's just subconscious. They're just rolling mm -hmm. through my head. Mm -hmm. And I just can't stop it. And that's how I start my day. And after the five minutes, I'm like, how do you feel? And he says, I just want to crawl under a rock and hide. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. But I force myself to get up. I drag my heels down. I shower. I greet my wife and my children. And then I, I get into the day. And I'm like, wow. Talk about setting yourself up for difficulties, mm -hmm. right? To your point, right? How you start that day. But praise God, man, after less than 12 weeks. Now, he had that five-minute habit, that self-sabotaging habit for three years. Wow. Every day for three years, he would just do this every morning. And after only 12 weeks, God completely blasted that out. He never had to deal with that again. And now he started his day alive, fresh mm. with vision. Mm. So that's what we're talking about here today, Startup Nation. So maybe you struggle with some of that. Maybe it's not as extreme as that one client I just shared. But maybe it's a smaller version of that. And wouldn't you want to be set free of that? So, mm -hmm. Jay, uh, before we get into it and your personal story of overcoming that inner man, uh, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. You know, Joseph, I I'm glad that you said that because yesterday, one of the things that I had uh, posted uh, was that I used to be a stutterer. I had a stuttering problem when I was a kid. My wife, she didn't know. She read the post and she says, you stuttered? 
And I said, yeah, she says, you know, among all the things you shared about your past and the upbringing and growing up in Spanish Harlem and all these things that, that we'll chat about in a few minutes here, she says, you need to let people know that this guy who they hear, who sounds polished and he's on radio and he speaks to thousands of people that you had a stuttering problem. Hmm. And the truth is, Joe, I still have a stutter. Once a stutterer, always a stutterer. Doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't disappear. It becomes manageable. So even as I'm speaking to you now, I have to manage my thoughts, not, uh, not going faster than I'm able to speak them. And not so many people know that at one point in my life, that was a real big problem. And it was, it was handicapping me in my teens because I, I just didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, sometimes when I get super excited about something, I'll stutter, but then I'll catch myself. Mm-hmm. And not so many people know that. You know, just to make it light and fun, a little levity there, you know, your brain moving so fast, faster than your lips, right, can cause mm-hmm. stuttering. I thought that was just me being a New Yorker. <laughs> that's how my brain just moves. When I moved to Florida, it was like I my brain was just used to firing, you know, mm-hmm. at such a fast speed. It, we're down here, they're in the sun, and they're just oh, yeah. filled out. And they're like mm-hmm. going 30 miles an hour in their brains as well as in the left lane, right, on the highway. But my brain was still going 90 or 100. And it was like such a disconnect. So I really get that. Thank you for sharing Brother, that. Imagine Texas. <laughs> imagine Texas. I got it. I've, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you know, we're talking about overcoming. And we got our guest, Jay Mamie, here. And, uh, you know, he started out uh, his life with stuttering. And now he's a polished and accomplished speaker and, and uh, radio uh, host. Um, you know, and he's overcome it, but he, it all started with overcoming his own brain, right? And the thoughts within the negative mm-hmm. thoughts. So Jay, take us through there. And, and though this is a business show, um, because it's a business show, like really connected to your business life as you conquered the inner inside, how did that actually impact and advance you on the outside in the business world? Okay. So just kind of take us back in time, uh, start us out when you were starting in business or starting, you know, to get your chops going here and, and you're like struggling just like the rest of us. Like, tell us that story. How'd you make the first 100 K? What'd you deal with? What'd you have to conquer, etc. Take us there. But Joe, that's, I appreciate the opportunity to share uh, my story because I think that there are probably many others that are either experiencing the same thing or maybe about to. But I, I'm a byproduct of adoption. Me and my twin brother were adopted by our parents. We were uh, raised in Spanish Harlem, a place called Barrio in New York City. And uh, my parents were poor. We were poor. We didn't have much. My father had three jobs. My mother had to, at that point, stop working at the factory and, and stay home to take care of us two. Uh, we, my natural mother, I never obviously met. We were adopted three days into it, but she was a, a crackhead and alcoholic, which is why she gave up uh, the, us to uh, to uh, my, my adopted parents. Uh, my father, whoever he was, was a one night stand, and that was the end of that. So here we are being raised in this neighborhood that's very difficult, meager means. Um, and I just knew that if I wanted to have nicer things, like all the other kids had, the, the Jordache jeans, the Adidas, the Pumas. The you know, Cabaricis. Yes, exactly right, brother. The Walkmans. Remember the Walkmans? Put them on your hip, right? 
uh, I, you know, my, I couldn't ask my parents for that. We, we were poor. So I figured out early on that if I wanted to buy those things, I needed to become very creative and make the money. And I think that part of the entrepreneurial development, part of the, of the spirit of becoming a business owner is recognizing uh, the moment that if something's going to be, it's up to me, right? And if I wanted those nicer things, I had to get very creative in figuring out ways to make money. So by 13 years old, because we lived not too far from Central Park, uh, we used to go on, on um, Saturdays and Sundays with these big black leafy uh, garbage bags and go collect bottles and cans. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the softball players, the drinkers, they would leave them all over the place. So here's what's interesting, Joe. <clears throat> While most people were walking by bottles and cans, see, necessity is the mother of inspiration. And I needed to make money. So I didn't see bottles and cans. My brother didn't see bottles and cans. We saw nickels. And we couldn't believe that people were actually walking by nickels, but it was all a matter of perception. Yeah. And I think if you're going to be successful in business, you have to adjust, amend, redefine your ability to see things that others don't. Mm. And that is a major ingredient to success. Um, so I saw nickels that developed in me this entrepreneurial spirit that developed into doing taxes. By the time I was 16 years old, I taught myself how to do simple tax returns. Back in those days, you could take the course, send it out to the IRS to send you back a tax preparer certification. So I would do tax returns for people in the neighborhood, simple tax returns for people in the neighborhoods for 25 bucks. And I made some money doing that. And then I developed my personal training business and I became a personal trainer at age 18. And then I actually got involved in acting and I was an actor, off-Broadway actor. I did commercials. I was in a couple of films. And so I was always looking for a way to express what I knew was in me already which was that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of that, you're still dealing with the fact that I was a stutterer, but also the fact that I grew up and all I saw around me was poverty and scarcity and lack. Yeah. So you're dealing with, can someone from my neighborhood who, who grew up with this experience, can I really succeed? Like those people I see uh, on TV and those People I go here at workshops and the books that I'm reading, those people didn't come from my neighborhood. So that's why they were successful. That head trash, boy, it can, it can handicap, it can shackle you. Yeah. And you could have a, you could have a, the, the entrepreneurial spirit of a lion, mm -hmm. but be shackled by that environment. And it's a daily struggle, brother. Yeah. So thanks for talking about that, right? So each of us is born into uh, an environment that, tends to become our early identity, uh, typically a false identity, right? So you were born into poverty, as was I, and my identity back then was a poverty, you know, identity. It was like, I'm poor, like, I can never get rich, no matter how hard I try, nothing ever works out for me. It's only for mm -hmm. the rich kids down the street who get all the toys, their parents obviously love them more, right? Because they got the latest, greatest, everything mm -hmm. brand names, and I don't. And we were the poor kids on the block. So I get it. I completely get it. How did you break that? How did you get out of that poverty mindset? Because you, I was like you. I wanted more. I wanted to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. That was my three, right? Mm -hmm. So I had that entrepreneurial drive, but I couldn't make more than a certain amount. Otherwise, I would self-sabotage and make it crash and burn. And I don't know if you 
uh, went through that at all, but that's where my poverty mindset would kick in when I started to gain success because of all my effort and creativity and, and hard work, then I would live back in that false identity. I, oh, I'm making too much money. I need to go destroy something that's working. And it was completely subconscious, obviously. And I remember it was my oldest sister that pointed it out to me. And she was like, Joseph, I, I noticed a pattern in you. I was like, what? She goes, the last three businesses or projects you've done, like they were doing great. And you were like on your way. You had momentum, success, everything. And then I noticed you sabotaged it. And I was like, no, I didn't. Like this happened. That person did it. This happened. And it was blame, blame, blame. And I just wouldn't see it and take ownership of it. Tell us if uh, you've struggled with that, how you struggled, and how did you overcome it? You know, I, I think you probably just uh, recited my story. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because there are so many likeness between us. And I say us, I mean those that are in business, that I think you would find it an oddity to hear a story that is not quite like the one you just described. That would be the abnormal story. And anyone who's honest would certainly say, yeah, that sounds a lot like me. I think that part of the problem is your environment. If your environment reinforces a certain mindset, you're going to buy into it. And if you are, as you and I both experience, poverty to the left, poverty to the right, employee-minded people, nine to five, Saturday and Sundays, I'm off, just making it to retirement, living for the weekend. That was my environment. You know, you begin to allow that to seep into your subconscious mind and then your own story reemphasizes it. So when you do have a little bit of success, it's almost like you have cognitive dissonance. You're physically, cognitively, consciously seeing progress, but your inner chatter, your inner story, your inner programming is, is conflicted because you already sold yourself that negative story of I'll never get more or I'll never have uh, more than what I'm seeing other people have. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I had to recognize two things, Joe. Number one, it was a lie. It was a lie. I was selling myself short of who I can become. And the only one that can dictate and determine my destiny was the guy who would look back at himself in the mirror period. But that's easier said than done because the longer you've sold yourself a story, the harder the wiring has been soldered in the subconscious program. So you have to rewire. And I began the diligent work, brother, of rewiring the programming, reprogramming the way that I was thinking. And then here's where I had to make a pivot. This is, this is probably the, I think, one of the nuggets that I hope the listeners walk away with. When you're in the process of rewiring the program, and it could be in business, could be relationships, could be health, it could be anything, right? You've got to make an accommodation for the failure you're going to have along the way and not see it as evidence of that negative story being true. Well said. Because lack of evidence is not evidence of lack. And I think that if you prepare yourself as you're pivoting and reprogramming to accept I'm probably going to fail because I'm I'm reprogramming, but that doesn't mean that it's not working. It doesn't mean that I got to go back to where I what or to who I was and where I came from. It just means that I failed for this particular moment, but I'm still worthy of the success I'm seeking. So that's and a very I, important startup nation, right? It, you know that I'm taking away from what Jay just said. A lot of people don't teach what he just taught. That little point there, that 
as you're retraining your brain from poverty mindset or whatever limiting belief that you've had for so long, you have to give yourself a little grace for failure, for trips, for mistakes. Not because there's something wrong with you or there's something broken in you permanently, but because that's just the process of success. Right? Everyone must trip. Everyone must fall so that they learn and, and adjust and create something even better. Right. So that's how we obtain success. You it's just trial and other error with applied effort. Learn the lesson once, not twice, just once. And eventually you hit the desired outcome. But it's so critical what he's saying here. He's saying, hey. Like you have to create the space for you to fall. Mm -hmm and not condemn yourself like see there you are you you are meant to be broke i told mm -hmm. you so it's evidence no it's not evidence it's just the process of success that's a critical point jay please continue thank you you know it's interesting that you said i'll just pick up on that joe just you know to keep it real brother right I'm keeping it real so <clears throat> from a a similar theme but content uh context being different my wife is is she is constantly watching her weight and she goes on diets. And one of the things that I share with her oftentimes is if you fall short one day on your diet or, or your journey of losing weight, it doesn't mean that the world is over. It doesn't mean that the diet didn't work. It doesn't mean that you're never going to lose weight. It just means that you had a moment of weakness and it's okay. I teach people it's okay, like you say, to give grace, but I break down even simpler. It's okay. Uh, to say it's okay. It's okay to say, okay, right? And not badger and beat yourself up because you made a little mistake. You pick yourself up and you keep going and consider that a maturing process, right? You're, you're being refined. Uh, that's the fire that you have to go through. Because uh, that, that way, at, at the end of the day, your testimony becomes that much greater anyway. When you could tell the people, yeah, I messed up along the way a bunch of times, but I got back up. I, I dusted, uh, I shook the dust off my feet and kept going. Right. Um, and that's really was the story of the last 25 years, brother, uh, keeping, uh, the having the recognition that along the way, things aren't going to go right, but just keep pushing forward and keep having a new vision and a new dream. And, and the other aspect I, I would encourage folks to do, because we spoke about the first one in a few minutes ago was you have to surround yourself with people that will encourage and support you during your down, doubtful times. If you are a lone wolf, you're in trouble. If you're trying to do this thing by yourself for pride or whatever reasons you think, macho, who knows, you're in trouble. You have to surround yourself with people that are like-minded, vision-minded, that'll encourage you, support you, lift you up when you can't do that for yourself. I didn't do that early on. I, I didn't have the maturity for that, uh, Joe. It wasn't until years later that I realized it's better to do this with a tribe that believes in what you're doing um, than trying to do it all on your own for the glory of saying I did it on my own. Yeah, I agree completely. All right, Jay, we talked about some inner head trash, stuff you had to overcome. Um, Let's get into business, man, right? So it's one thing to overcome <laughs> the inner demons, so to speak, but then you got the real world battles you got to fight. How'd you make the first $100,000? You know, one of the things I enjoyed doing early on was financial services work. Uh, I, I enjoyed 
teaching people about money and, and the, the pitfalls of, of lack of uh, financial disciplines. And it was natural for me to do that because growing up with nothing, <laughs> I could teach people, you don't want to have nothing. So what do you do to have nothing? You do something. That's a simple equation. Uh, to have something means you cannot do nothing. And even if you start small, it's better than starting than not having anything at all. So believe it or not, I went around. I, 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 at the time, I was a bodybuilder and I was competing. And, and uh, I, was always in, I was always in a gym, Joe, always in a gym. So I decided to make money in something I had a passion for, which is improving the lives of others. And in that case, it was financially because I could relate to that. But I, did, I decided to do it in an environment where conversations were comfortable, where there was a measure of relatability. I think people who struggle making money, making their first 100K in this case, they find themselves doing something they really don't have a passion for. So it becomes drudgery. And then they pursue that conversation in markets that they're uncomfortable in, even just starting a conversation. So I started conversations with people about saving money in the gym. I was there all the time anyway. And funny story, I used to have a projection that showed people if you put $25 away over the course of 40 years, if you had a hypothetical return of 8%, you could have X amount of money by the time you're 65 or 70, 40 years later. Mm -hmm. And Jill, that was my conversation. That was my little story. That's how I made my first hundred. I was excited about the fact that I was putting away $25 a month because somebody told me if you put $25 a month over 40 years, that's how much you have. I thought to myself, my father's that age. He's broke. He doesn't have that. But if somebody would have taught him that 40 years ago, he would have done it. So I can't do anything about my father, but I could do a whole lot about myself. And then along the way, I'm going to teach other people, hey, if you put $25 away. And Joe, I had that. I did that story every day, four or five times a day for a, a couple of years. And it allowed me to break through uh, not only having the success financially, but established his credibility as a guy who was not only passionate about what he was teaching, but the go-to guy to put 25 bucks away a month. <laughs> yeah, think about it now, Joe. I'm thinking back. I, I, I should have started with 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month illustration. I would have made more money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So Startup Nation, little lesson there, tidbit from Jay here is... Where are you currently spending your time doing something that's not business related, where maybe you spend a lot of time in that environment? For Jay, it was the gym. He loved working out, right, getting fit. And that was just his place, right, where he felt most comfortable. So for him to lean in and say, hey, what if I applied, like, my desires and dreams for business, what if I like incorporated them here into this environment where I'm already super comfortable rather than going to networking groups where maybe I feel awkward and really uncomfortable doing the icebreaker, everybody stand up, do mm -hmm. one minute speech and stuff. I hated those places, by the way. Uh, but, but what if instead of doing that, like if the gym is your space or if maybe you're a mom and you got you go to mom's Correct. groups. Um, et cetera, maybe in those mommies groups where you're talking about like your kids and stuff like that, maybe you bring up that idea that you do, you have for your business and you say, Hey, you know, here's what I do. You know, I'm so fired up. I'm so passionate about it, blah, blah, blah. And just kind of like open the conversation, mm -hmm. not salesy, not forced or anything like that. Just kind of like intriguing and like sharing your light, letting your light shine just a little bit. Like what's that thing that lights you up? Talk about it in a new environment this week. That's your challenge this week, 
Like think of a new environment that you're most comfortable in and share your business, share your projects, share your calling with people in that new environment. So Jay, thank you for that. All right, let's talk about marketing strategies. You're a marketing guy, I could tell, okay? Mm -hmm. You like doing sales, sales psychology, you teach it, you're on stages, you do all this stuff. Um, it's one thing to close a sale, but I think, yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs, they run away from selling, but they can learn some basics on how to sell, right? How to close, Correct. how to do a sales conversation, right? I think where the majority of my listeners struggle is with marketing. How do they create visibility for their product, their brand, their service that's effective, contagious, intriguing, people want to connect and, and open up that dialogue? What have you learned that you would say is your has been your number one marketing strategy that you've used personally or that you teach that creates results? Wow, this is a great question and it probably could take hours to answer, but I'm going to give it a trailer version. Um, and some tidbits, I think, that will help people walk away with some actionable, implementable steps immediately once they're hopping off the podcast. Number one, I, if you are a, uh, a service provider or someone that is, has a product um, or a concept, there's no shortchanging the fact that you have to get out of your comfort zone and go meet people, whether it's within your comfort zone of the gym, like it was for me, or outside of that. Um, even if you're uncomfortable, so whether it's networking groups, social events, gatherings, whatever it is, you've got to get out and shake hands, smile, let people feel and sense your energy. It's very difficult for someone to, to, to vibe your excitement about what you're promoting um, over the phone, uh, if it's done virtually. That's okay as a secondary effort, but a primary effort, man, people buy into you, they buy into your energy, they buy into your your, your enthusiasm for whatever it is that you're offering, you have to get out and let people hear your story. That only happens when it's face-to-face. -face. That's the best type of marketing. People tell me, Jay, when, when you come into a room, whether it's a networking meeting or wherever, wherever I'm at, and I've been told this, Joe, they don't know what I'm offering. They don't know what I'm going to say, but they just have a sense that it's going to be something they should pay attention to. Because I walk in the room with a sense of command and confidence and competence to, to be able to communicate my content. They know that about me. I always encourage people, if you are walking into a room and no one knows you've walked in and worse, no one knows you've walked out. <laughs> right? You got a problem. <laughs> or, or if the whole room is wishing you'd walk out. All right. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> right? So you, you have to get out there. Here's the reason why, Joe. Because you have to become more memorable than your product. I'm going to repeat that. You, the individual, especially if you're an entrepreneur, right? You, you are your marketing company. Jay Mamie is Jay Mamie Marketing, first and foremost, right? Until you build a marketing company that allows to do the same thing you're doing, uh, duplicating it. But at the end of the day, you are the marketing company. So you have you, meaning the person who's behind the product, behind the idea, behind the initiative, you have to be more memorable than the product because people remember you, then the product, then the service, then the opportunity you're offering, not vice versa. I can't tell you how many times I stand, I, I see people who stand behind the product or the opportunity as if that's what's going to attract people. No, it's you. So that's the first thing in marketing. Get good at you being the best version of you 
but you have to get out there. And then the second thing I would say to you is absolutely leveraging social media in a way that is consistent, uh, comprehensible, with good content. Very important. We live in a video age world, and maybe you have a face for radio. I get that. So I have a podcast. <laughs> As but do if you're I, able- thank you. <laughs> but if you're able to shoot videos, we that's the age we live in. And it's not about a perfect video. It's about people seeing you and leveraging the fact that it's a reality-based society. Let people see you uh, and leverage that as, as part of a social media campaign. And I, I'll, I'll keep it there. There's many more things I can share. For sure. All right. So what I just took from that, that Jay shared with us, Startup Nation, is good marketing is memorable. It's memorable. Right. Mm-hmm. And it starts with you, right? You are the face of your product, your brand, your, 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 uh, whatever it is you're promoting. Okay. So people look at you first, you must be memorable. That's the first thing, but then your marketing around what you're promoting also must be memorable. I'll give you an example, right? And it's not a self promo, but it's just an example. I, when I was being called by God into, uh, doing men's coaching, um, I didn't know how to speak to dudes in a way that they connected with, where they wanted to put their hand up and feel safe and say, yes, I do need help. Because we're in a society where men just don't ask for help because they don't feel safe asking for help, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't want to look like they don't have it all figured out. So I didn't know how to speak with men in a way to get their attention. They clearly had issues in their marriages and their divorce, suicides through the roof with men over 40. It's like, so the problems were clear. I could help them. That was clear. But I just couldn't bridge that marketing gap. So I ended up having a guest on a, on one of these shows. And he's like, dude, I get what you do. I love what you do, but I don't think the world gets it. So I want you to hire me to come up with a marketing stick for you. Because that's my expertise and I'm darn good at it. So I was like, I'll try you out. So he ended up coming up with blow up rocks. And he's like, men get rocks, right? They're hard, rugged as boys. We like to throw them. We like to blow up things as, as boys into men, right? That's why we love fireworks. We just had Independence Day. Like, that's why there's so many accidents because we get too close. We're a bunch of little pyros, right? We like to blow up things. And he's like, men don't want to talk about emotions and feelings and psychology and all that jazz. But if you say, hey, all that stuff that you're dealing with, those are rocks in your life. You want to blow them up? Let's do it together. I can help you. And it's memorable. Mm-hmm. It's inviting. Absolutely. So now guys are repeating, oh, yeah, you're the blow up rocks guy, right? So that's what we're talking about. Again, that wasn't a promo startup nation. That was an example of my own mm-hmm. challenge and how I had to overcome it. The way I overcame it was I, I asked for help, right? Someone solicited Uh, help towards me. But then I said, you know what, I don't have this figured out. So yeah, what do you got? And at first, when he came back with blow up rocks, I didn't even get it. I was like, Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That just sounds uh, unprofessional. And he goes, Dude, I'm telling you, this is gonna work. Right out. So I just started trying it. And I would go to the meetings and be like, Yeah, I do blow up rocks. I help men blow up rocks. That's that was my opening. And they're like, Well, what does that mean? That's the point. It works, right? So right there, it's memorable. Correct. All right. So Startup Nation, what is it that will make your marketing memorable? Play around with it. Ask others outside of you 
for their own objectivity. Say, hey, here's my product. I want to do this. I'm being called to do this. Here's how. Here's my tagline. What do you think? And be honest, please. It won't help me if you tell me what you think I want to hear. Like, I really just want results. Does this land for you? Does it not land? Start asking people who are your potential clients and put it out there. I used to text like 40 people who were potential clients and be like, hey, what do you think of this tagline? And they would rip it apart. <laughs> but you know what? That was valuable marketing mm -hmm. research for me. Mm -hmm. Jay, anything you want to say around that from your own experience? No, I, I think you nail, <clears throat> nail it on the head. If, if your marketing uh, is not memorable in a crowded space, especially if you're doing something that others do also, you've got to separate yourself from the pack and purposely through your wording, through your social media, through your personality, you have to force your way into their uh, memory banks and stay there. I, I, I can get into a conversation about neurogenesis and why being memorable is actually a physiological event. It's the creation of new neurons. That's what uh, remember you means. Us, you put us all to sleep, right? There. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that, right? Yeah. I don't want to do that. But the point, but that's why you are memorable. People remember is the reassembly of neurons that repeat that causes the brain to say, I remember that guy. I remember what he said. I remember his tagline. I'll tell you a funny story, real quick, funny story. Taglines are important. And now listen, not every shoe fits every foot, right? So you can, you know, take what works and leave what doesn't. But there was a guy who was a carpenter here in Dallas. I'm at a networking event and he, custom cabinetry. Now, there's nothing sexy about custom cabinetry, right? Especially office <laughs> custom cabinetry for executives. Nothing sexy. So he's having a hard time. So he comes up to me. So we're having like a little bit of a coaching, a little marketing conversation. And I said, look, man, unfortunately, what you're doing is very dry. So you've got to create something that leaves uh, something memorable in the minds of others that you're meeting at these networking events because this business card was very dry. So we played around with a few taglines, like your tagline, blow up rocks. That's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful, right? Brilliant. I said to him, so what do you make? He said, you work with wood, right? I said, okay. So I gave him a few of them. And the last one that we picked, which he thought was a little bit risque, but he a year later, he says, Jay, this is the stroke of genius. I said, listen, brother, and his name is Chris Christensen. That's his name. Look him up, Chris Christensen. So you can see that I'm saying the truth here. So Chris, his business card now says, Chris Christensen, I bring the wood. <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of it's it's out there. Right. Mm -hmm. I bring the wood. And when he introduces himself and he has his cars, people crack up. He's not saying anything. He leaves it up to them. Yeah. Let their imagination play with it. Let their imagination play with it. And he says, Jay, no one out there. I brought a whole new vibe to something boring. So, yes, yes. It's about having something that people remember you by. And there's a number of ways to do that. But if you're not doing that, you're going to shoot yourself on the foot on your first on your way to 100. All right. Startup Nation, you got some ideas, some inspiration there for your marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to bring the wood? I mean, what are you bringing to <laughs> the marketplace? Like, really think about that, right? Like, I help men blow up rocks. What rocks? You know, the rocks in your head that we all have as men. All mm -hmm. the men do this and all the wives go, uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly, right? So what is that little twist, that little playful, fun thing that shakes up, disrupts the ordinary, boring business networking conversations and makes people go, oh, you got to tell me what that means. Like, Mm -hmm. what is that? I need Mm -hmm. to know what would. (laughs) Tell me about Mm -hmm. your wood that you bring. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So I hope that served you, Startup Nation. We got into real awesome um, marketing uh, there for you. But we started out this conversation talking about you got to blow up. You got to eradicate, eliminate those invisible enemies in your own head. uh, Defeat that inner chatter. Um, so that you can really move forward uh, in your life, in your business, and really um, stand in uh, the calling that you're being given, right? Mm-hmm. You're called to greatness. We all are. You're going to impact hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of lives if you shut up that inner chatter. Like, you can mm-hmm. do this. You can do this. So Jay's uh, really dropped it today. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show um, but before we do, Jay, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. All right. What's your favorite thing about being a business owner? Freedom. What's your least favorite thing? Uh, prospecting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need a better, more sexy word than prospecting. We no one gets excited about that. <laughs> hey, you want to be my prospect? No, I don't. <laughs> creep, right? All right. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. Jay, what are you currently challenged with, struggling with uh, right now, either professionally or personally? Uh, doubt. Doubt around anything in particular. Uh, doubting that you're always going to have um, obstacles that you may not be able to overcome, doubt whether or not what you're doing is actually going to work to the end, you're doubting yourself, doubt. Yeah, I get that, right? It's almost uh, imposter syndrome, right? We all mm-hmm. got it. It's like, what am I doing? Someday they're all going to find out. I don't know what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. Like that thing. Yeah. Okay. What are you most afraid of? Failure. Okay. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Way too much time doing? Mm-hmm. Mm. Talking to the wrong people. There you go. Talking to the wrong people. I get that. What secret fear do you have about people? I, I don't have a secret fear about people. I don't have any. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? How to manage money. Yeah, that's a big one. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? More reading. More reading. What's More a bad reading. habit? What's a bad habit you're going to break? Bad habit I'm going to break. Not spending enough time with my my boys. Mm, yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Energetic, creative influential pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business dumb stupid and ignorant (laughs) wow talk about inner chatter startup nation that's it brother (laughs) (laughs) dumb ignorant and stupid yeah work with that that will motivate you all right and last question jay if you could come back to life after you died look your family and friends your wife your your sons in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about real success what would you say to them follow your passion not the profit 
Follow your passion, not the profit, Startup Nation. All right, Jay, it's the time where you get to give Startup Nation a homework assignment for this week. I gave them one already. What's the homework assignment? What's one action they need to take this week in order to uh, overcome their inner chatter? What do you got for them? List five things that you are proud of that you've accomplished. List five things that you are proud of that you've accomplished. They don't have to be significant and don't compare them to somebody else. Comparison is a big problem that we all face because we look at what the other person has accomplished, look at what we've done and we say, crap, right? But what are five things that you can say if you were the only person on the planet, you could look back and say, man, Jay, you're doing all right because you've done one, two, three, four, five. Five things. Five things, Startup Nation. That's the challenge. And then I'll piggyback on that. Repeat those five things out loud every morning mm-hmm. for the next 30 days. Watch what happens. Repeat those right. five things and then be grateful about them. Like, wow, I got to do that. That was awesome. Okay. That, that, that will disrupt your soil in your head. All right, Startup Nation, if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or go to first100k.com, first100k.com. Write an honest review, a five-star review for Jay. I mean, he showed up. He brought the heat today. Let's go. And if I like what you write, I'll give you a shout-out live on the show like I'm about to do for Handle Gustavo2020. Gustavo2020, thank you for sending in your five-star review, which reads purposeful and energetic love joseph's first 100k podcast he's very real and always finds way to balance purpose-driven content with very actionable business advice for his startup nation great emphasis on both the challenging and energetic aspects of growing a business would recommend to any entrepreneur or those considering entrepreneurship goose tavo 2020 thank you for your five-star review Startup Nation, go write yours now. I want to do a shout out for you. All right, Jay Mimi, uh, go ahead. Tell us where does uh, Startup Nation find out more about you, get involved with you. They want to stalk you, dude. Like, what do you got for them? Well, they can start off by going to my uh, my, my website. It's the, the Hub website. I've got a number of websites, but from there they can find the other ones. My website is thejmamie.com, T-H-E-J-A-Y. M-A-Y-M-I.com. I'd go there and hang out and see what I've got available. Blogs, blogs, videos. Go from, go check out my radio talk show at the jmamietalkshow.com. But Joe, I, I don't want to leave without letting people know the content that I spoke about earlier, the inner, battling these inner, uh, inner struggles and science and so on. That's from a book that's been my bestseller, believe it or not. I didn't think it would be because there's nothing sexy about it. But the book is titled Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On. And I I launched it, made it available right before COVID, not knowing that COVID was coming. And that's it became a a fast seller. It's almost as if God had time that book to come out, knowing what men would struggle with, what anybody would struggle with uh, during that period of time. That's awesome. All right, Startup Nation, go get that if you want that and you want to move forward in your life. Jay, thank you for being on your first 100K podcast. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, brother. Same for you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. 
When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction, be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.